Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Black Tribe M456 podcast. I am here with the brilliant and beautiful Lisa Marie Black. We are down at 719 Linder Studios. Shout out to them. Incredible place that they've given us. If you're in Colorado Springs and you're going to buy a house, make sure you come to 719 Lending. Please come here and buy more houses. We need more of you on our streets. No, (laughs) no. Colorado Springs sucks. Don't come here. Don't come here. Colorado's terrible. The sun shines all the time. There's no bugs. You hit up Marquise at 719. She's awesome. Um, All right. Look, if you're watching, look, you've watched my beautiful wife on Patreon.com slash Gary and Lisa Black. I think it's sweet. Or jointhejourneyman.com. So cute. Go check those out. And you can listen to the podcast. Uh, we'll relate, release these later after our exclusive content on U- our YouTube channel, on Spotify, we're everywhere. Apple, we're everywhere, SoundCloud. So exciting. Pretty awesome. Okay. So last week. Yeah. A little intense. Sorry, and I got a little intense no, on that I podcast. No, I love it because you are passionate about this, and I love asking you questions. I don't agree with everything you say. Yeah, I know. But I love, shouldn't. I shouldn't. I hope you don't. I go, but we have good discussions. I go, I go do my own research, and then I decide. That's why I still watch, we watch a lot of documentaries, and I watch a lot of the History Channel, just trying to figure out what's true, what isn't true, what there's evidence of, and... I just think you always have to be learning. Things you were taught in Things your history you class in high school is all shit. I don't remember it all that much, but I did get an A in that. <laughs> I skip most of the time. Um, yes, absolutely, guys. Look, there in times is not in the Bible. All this stuff you're hearing, all the stuff on rapture. But stop don't take listening. Gary Black's word yeah, for go it. Study go it study it yourself. Right. Okay, so this is go really... Get in the word of God with Holy Spirit. Yes. And study Eastern... As you well as well as you do Western Christianity and the culture and the context, the text of why they were saying what they were saying. I promise you, you'll fall in love with the Old Testament if you'll learn to do that. And then find good leaders that are saying different things than people that are constantly preaching about stuff like dispensationalism and rapture. Go listen to Bema, the Bema podcast. Will change your life. It'll give you. A perspective from a Jewish Christian it's so good. that understands Eastern way, and it'll just help you with your thinking. I'm not telling you to go buy everything that they say. I'm not telling you to buy everything your pastor says. Please, don't buy go everything we say. find it for yourself. Well, and I was, because I do like documentaries, I listened to a book written by a man who interviewed and studied um, Helter Skelter Guy. Um Totally just went blank and see his face and his swastikas and all his stuff. But um, Charles Manson. And uh, the, the, the characteristics of Charles Manson was he was very creative and he had a true musical gift and he kind of drew people in with that gift. Right. So that could have been a God given. True with any cult leader. Lied about his entire childhood, said his mother was a prostitute and he was neglected. None of that was true. And then um, I just remember listening to a quote from him. And he said, I looked for girl females that were broken but not destroyed. Now, I guess he wanted to be the one to destroy them. But cult members will look for weakness and vulnerability. Yes. Now, if you've been in one and you got sucked in one, I'm not saying you're weak and vulnerable. But that, that leader spoke to something into you you were missing. 
and something that that drew you in. Because mm. again, people are not all bad. We've never like, heard that happening well, in our churches a before. A part of you know, a part of that charismatic draw is these people are interesting. They might be compassionate in a certain way. There's something that hits us, but they're probably not all bad. Although right. I believe. Most of them are, are mostly evil. So the first thing, if you're wondering, am I in a cult or am I, because we have, we've had this question, like, am I in a cult? Yeah. This is getting kind of weird. Um, multi-levels can get very cultish very they quick. They very have the cultish. answer and nobody else does. Yes. But it's in a, th- there's usually one authoritative leadership and they call the shots. The prophet or the pastor. And anyone that disagrees with them is excommunicated. Yes. There's no humility. There's no conversation. So that's something we've to had for. some of our alumni excommunicated from a crew lately. Yeah. Uh, which that is hurt my heart. completely cultish. Excommunicated. Yes. Which our theory is um, occasionally you and I will have some people that will call us up. They're like, we don't really even know. Like, obviously we're not hiring anyone. Um, but if you guys need any help with this or that, and then they decide they, well, maybe I don't want to help you with that. That's okay. Right. And then six months later, if your life changes, you're like, hey, actually, I can help you with this again. We're like, great. There's no excommunication because we've been excommunicated. See, this, this is why, and I've said this before on, on past podcasts and teachings, but I hope you hear this. I had Lauren Cunningham, the founder of YWAM, who just passed away this last month in his 80s, late 80s. I was still traveling up until the time he passed. Um, who birthed the largest mission movement we've ever seen. I don't agree with their conclusions and all that they've done, but I used to, I had the opportunity to speak in at a lot of different bases around the world and, and had Lauren come in and speak at one of our events in the 90s. And I asked him the best advice for a young guy coming up that's building something like he built. I was getting a little ahead of my time, thinking I was going to be the next Lauren Cunningham. And um, I said, what advice would you give them? And Lauren said, you got to make it really easy for them to come on and really easy for them to get off. And if you'll do that, they'll always come back. I love, okay, I love everything about that because I think what we do in Empire is we say, I have a vision and I have a dream and you are either for me or, or against, against me. me. And we've in experienced that, that with in the, 95% that or that of the leaders we follow. But the whole time I was doing other people's dreams, I was like, I have dreams. Yeah. I have dreams yes. that God birthed in my heart when I was a little girl that are right. in there. If your dream is is going to be like if it lines up with the dream God's put in my heart, then then we can work together. But if I have to die to all of my dreams in order to serve your dream, which you say is holy, that's a sign of authoritarianism that is not healthy. I agree. And I would say this, though, to that, that if you are young and you're starting off and you know you want to go do something radical for God, you do need to go serve somebody first. You need to come underneath somebody and learn. With like-minded. Yeah, because yeah. James makes it real clear, guys. Don't desire to be a leader. Mm-mm. He's like, don't do it. Mm-mm. You're going to get your head taken off. Babe, you know. And you're held to a higher standard. I had that thought. Like, we wrapped up the the marriage intensive. And we hadn't really celebrated. Like, we did celebrate our anniversary, but our anniversary was during it. And I, yesterday, I said, can we just take the day and just be together? Because I missed you. And it was a very busy weekend. And I, I, I actually had that thought that... Wow, we're really stepping out for marriages. Like, is our marriage going to be under a microscope now? Right. Or are there going to be attacks against our our marriage? I mean, like the one time I was discipling that girl and describing how great our marriage was and how great our sex life was, she then wanted you. 
You know, like she didn't think like I need to find a man like Gary Black. She was like, I'm going to go after Gary Black. <laughs> so that was like those things happen. You yeah. know, in my innocence, I was like trying to inspire her that marriage can be really great and her husband could be really great. And it backfired on me. When we highlight, which when you're a leader, you're being highlighted, you're being exalted in a certain way, you're being lifted up, there's a light on you. Yes. When I see people just in the world that go from being sort of known to having like a rocket strapped to their ass, I start praying for them because I know that the higher they're elevated, the bigger the struggles are going to be, the more they're going to be criticized. I mean, to me, I've told lots of people, the worst thing I'd ever want for my kids is fame. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I don't know. And I don't know how the way that we do this in currently in American church is fame. Right. We're, yeah, we're building a person, not people. But then maybe is that person in this position, maybe they didn't have a dark side, but because of the fame and because of the highlight, I mean, do you think that could be something with some of this leadership that they start believing the things that are being told. Yeah, they absolutely do. I can tell you that from personal experience. You started believing. I was believing actually starting to believe the stage. I was getting the big honorariums. And you're getting I was lots speaking of claps. a couple hundred times, whatever, and all the attention and the lines and all the things and publishers and you it starts to go to your you're head. You're like, you I'm it. Really I think made it. It's you. Yeah. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with you, but by the grace of God. Yeah. There go I. And so yeah, I, I'm yeah, it's definitely and and the the love of money is the root of all evil. And when you get in those positions But money and, isn't. And it's the no, love. money is not. Money's amazing. Ecclesiastes ten nineteen says money's the answer to everything, which it is. But the love of money yeah, is the root of all agreed. evil. So when I get in those positions, all of a sudden I start making some pretty good money. Right. And it's rolling in. And I've got a lot of tithers in my church. I don't want that to go away. Right. And that then creates some other roots that come from that that I, was never me before. Right. Or maybe they were dormant and hidden yeah. and now they're back. Yeah. Like Ted Haggard will tell you that had been something he had dealt with for most of his life because of the abuse that happened to him. And then because he was so famous and so big, it just started to show itself again, but he thought he could get away with it. Well, also are the vices that are that are maybe in you or have flickered before because it's lonely at the top, because you're not allowed to say to anyone. like We have a lot of yes people you. have a you. lot of yes, yes people around you and nobody that loves you enough to say this is dangerous. Nobody tells you here. the truth in love. Yeah, They all tell you what you want to hear yeah. because you write the paychecks. That's what's wrong with the system. Okay. If you're a career-minded ministry person, it's a broken system. You have to be a very special pe- person to navigate that. It personally makes me sick to my stomach the way that we, we, we perpetuate brokenness in church. Instead of letting everyone being activated, everyone creating wealth and creating kingdom, instead of living in this impoverished mindset of paycheck but it's to not paycheck. on Sunday. It's every day. It's every day. It's every It's all day, every day. All day, how, every day. how you treat your dog, how you treat your children, how you treat yes, your spouse, how you. you treat the mailman, how you treat the server. That That's it, all the time. Uh, how do you tip? Are so, you generous? Which is funny because we just did our little series on compartmentalizing. To me, you can... Comp- Compartmentalizing can go into narcissism, which I think a lot of big leaders struggle with. Yes. Like they, they're trying to do their, I'll you, be here. You're all, you have to. If you're a charismatic leader like that, there's got to be a little bit of that narcissism to really think I it's about think so. you or you don't have the balls to, to, to take the leap. Yeah. I love that part. 
the, that faith, that, that, that gut to go do something that right. most people won't go do. Do you have the right people around you? Where's the apostolic teams? Where are the team of people around you who can tell you anything they want and they can tell your wife anything they want to tell her and there's just safety and transparency and accountability that comes from purity, not from a, a, a religious accountability. Religious accountability doesn't work because people just do go do what they want to do anyway. They find a way around it. They'll f- always find a way yeah. around it, right? If you want to do it, All you're right, going to so do it. So what are the signs of well, a Well, the, the first one we talked about was the extreme authoritarianism, and then the second one is exclusivism, which is mm. like we have the answer and everyone else is wrong. I think that's interesting. It says on authoritarian leadership, it says often this authoritarianism, you want to say that for me? Authoritarianism. All right. Involves legalistic submission to the rules rules and regulations regulations of the group group as established established by by the cult cult leader. leader. (laughs) I mean, Jehovah's Witness, uh, uh, Mormons, right? The Watchtower Societies, uh, Evangelical Christianity in many cases, that would fit in all of those, in that description. Okay. And would you say most cults did not start off as cults. Well, I, again, I think like... Uh, like, weren't the Masons like good godly men at some point, and then it got real weird yeah. with the Brotherhood and some yes, absolutely. rituals and yes. all, like, do most... Uh, someone even told me, and I probably shouldn't say this out loud, that, that Nazis, actually, their original plan was not to exterminate. They were just a group, and then it just grew and, and evolved into this evil that took over. And, I mean, there's such a great example of how bowing your your will and your mind to someone who is mentally ill you will become like them and you will you will lose your vulnerability well you have that and then you have the side because the enemy's smart he's been around a long time yeah right you have like the mormon side like people always used to ask me how come mormons are so successful why do they get you know, they're the richest Well, because cult there's in principles. The they go by that principles go no matter what. Well, the principles, yes. Yeah. And then also they don't have any demonic resistance. The enemy's like, yeah, keep perpetuating I know. the lie. That's fine. I'm not going to resist that. And now we're finding that in our evangelical churches. We're just perpetuating this lie of dispensationalism, all this fear, all this stuff. And the enemy's like, okay, I'll sit on the, martini, on the beach and have a martini. I don't have to do anything. You guys are doing it yourself. It's really kind You're of You're doing true. my job for me. <laughs> I was put on this planet to bring fear into every, to steal, kill, and destroy your family, your dreams, your hopes, everything, right? Now the church does it for me. Oh my God, you're going to go to, you, if you don't do this and this and this and this and A, B, C, D, and A, B, and C doesn't equal D most of the time. I know. Because we don't live in mystery. We're supposed to live in the mystery, not the black and white. We're supposed to but live in the But you can't control the mystery. That, well, that's it, right? We want the control. And, so and, it's, and thus, cults are generally cult. about control. And right. the one thing that, that's consistent with all of them is they separate, like, if you if you kind of watch the David Koresh thing and you talk to the men that mm-hmm. escaped or w- got out or whatever, the first thing they did was separate the fathers. Of they took the fathers out of the home, and then he could go in and start sleeping with the wives and molesting the children. And then he started dividing the siblings. And so isolation and being taken away from your protection, from your... It's interesting that it's kind of really blatant but it's so seductive that you can see how people can get yes. kind of drawn in. I, I love the second one. Exclusive is of 
what is I can't speak today. It's it's a, you look like you're having a, a exclusive a seizure for a minute. Say it. I'm a little worried about you. Exclusive um You can't say it exclusivism. Either. Exclusivism, there it is. Cults often believe that they alone have the truth. The cult views itself as a single mil- means of salvation. To leave the group is to endanger one's soul. My lord, that's been almost every youth group I've led. The church I was in, any parachurches I've been a part of, any leadership schools I've been a part of, we know the truth and no one else does. I honestly believe that in the 90s when we had Rock the Nations. I thought we had it and everybody else was wrong. Do you think you have it now and everyone else is wrong? No, not at all. I know I (laughs) I don't have it. Do you feel like 20 years from now you're going to listen to this and go, you know, I have learned Absolutely. My theology changes every 10 years. Okay. Right? So, and you want it to. You want to keep oh, learning so glad you said and that. humbling yourself. So glad you said Your theology changes every 10 years. Does your devotion to Jesus Christ change Not ever. every 10 years? Not ever. In fact, it grows deeper. And okay. that's the reason it changes. Is like I start to understand scripture more. I start to understand his character more. The more that I'm with him, the more I get to the understand him. The more time him. you spend, that's the why more intimacy. It, and that's evolution. That's why evolution is real. We evolve. As people, we work out our salvation. We don't just quit because a leader fell. We don't just quit because we don't agree with something somebody said, like Gary Black is talking that uh, rapture's not in the Bible. I'm never going to listen to him again. Okay, that's fine. I don't need you to listen to me. But make sure you go study the other side of that. Yeah, just go Before you make your final decisions. Because what we don't do well is study for ourselves. And and we don't do self um discipline very well no right self we got to become self-sustainable and in jesus right he's enough we don't need all this therapy and all these meds and all this stuff it just makes us more dependent i and you know to me it's like anything else we're not in a cult that says you can't take your kids to the hospital because god's going to obviously if you need some mental help god is going to use that wisdom or that knowledge from that person to help you with that absolutely you find the right situation but um, you know, we'd be a cult if we said you can't do that. Absolutely. You know, you got to take what you've got here, but educate yourself. So I, you know, having our fourth granddaughter and, and, and we're talking about vaccines. And I was telling you how, when I first had my babies, there was 12 vaccines that they suggested. Now it's up to 48 and, <laughs> and I'm not anti-vaccine at all. I'm so thankful for the polio vaccine. Thank God, you right. know, that we don't have to worry about our kids getting breathed on and then never being able to breathe again for themselves. Like it's a horrible horrible disease thank god science figured that out and and it was god inspired right i mean if he invented the disease i guess he invented the science the vaccine. and god work hand but hand. if we you know if we were to say we're never gonna i mean science is a part of creation yes scripture proves science to be correct absolutely so it's it, there's not this division of those things if, and honestly most scientists will tell you that of course well the more they're in it the more they're <laughs> yeah. like oh the more this science really lines up with creation yeah, exactly yeah yeah so it's not this black and white thing. It's using wisdom. And so I've all, all I've said to my daughter-in-laws is just read. Read what your child may actually be exposed Don't to in their lifetime. Don't take it from TikTok. Read. Not, not from TikTok, but actual. And ask questions because I had a really good pediatrician when I was raising my babies. And he would like to sit down and talk to me. And I got to ask him questions because we couldn't Google back then. And he said, are you, are you sleeping with prostitutes or using, you know, um, intravenous drugs and i said no and he's like well then we don't need this vaccine for your baby and i was like great now we gave noah way too many vaccines in one day because i panicked out of fear on our way to on our way to africa and i took a professional advice that i shouldn't have and his 
his immune system has never been the same. Yeah. I mean, he struggles to this day. And I believe it was because he was so overloaded at that time. Maybe if I'd spaced it out, I don't know. But you have to educate yourself. Educate. Read for yourself and use critical which thinking, the no matter what. the of a cult is isolation, mm-hmm. which is a good play into this, right? Mm-hmm. Because we get isolated in our TikToks. I just received a report this morning that we're going to do a podcast, a future podcast on on why Gen Z are like they are and what our phones have done to the generation, millennials and I don't think we fully know yet, but it's 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 scary. It's scary the differences in brainwaves and the way we think and our faith and all of our stuff. And the the enemy always isolates. It's worked. Right? And so he isolates you on your phone, on TikTok, on the reels. Now, I love watching some reels. Lisa and I send each other truck porn. We send each other funny (laughs) ones. That was truck porn. I love the new... um, um, or the Explorer. Oh my God, those ones. are killing. <laughs> okay, do you ever do you need to kill the first thing in the morning to kill the pain? <laughs> well, I have. And then Boots is over there. <laughs> and my point in all that though is you can get isolated. Yeah. In your own phone uh-huh. and believe what these people are saying to you on TikTok. Yeah, and they're repeating what was repeated, what was right. repeated, and yeah. it's like an, you've got to be like really a, careful. TikTok to me is like that phone uh, thing we used to play when we were little kids. Like you sit in a circle and you whisper in someone's ear and then the word that gets delivered 12 people later right. is nothing like the original exactly word. Exactly what it's like. Yeah, it's like 100%. that. 100%. Yeah. So a big difference between isolation and solitude. We want to be alone with the Father. We invite Holy Spirit when we're sitting alone. We don't even have to pray, guys. We can sit and listen to the Father. Contemplate. I believe contemplation is a key to setting a generation free because you can be alone in your thoughts and be okay. And then we, we sit with the father and then it's okay to go binge on a movie or, or watch a few reels or whatever. I would never suggest TikTok. I think you should get rid of it. Um, honestly, it's just. I don't know that binging anything is good because that's gluttony. And yeah, I think that. I mean, you've got to be careful. It's, it's everything in moderation, it's, it's right? It's balance. Just All have right. balance to your life. What's the next one? The, the, the model that Jesus gave us of leadership. Okay. Is what we probably should move into. Okay. Like what, let's go to the truth now. Cause we've, this is something I told you, an FBI agent told me I was in training, um, in a counseling course. And he said, we always study. He said, when we're trying to figure out if a dollar bill is counterfeit or not, we know because we've studied the original. We don't study the possible 5,000 fakes that could be out there. That's good. We study the original. And then if there's anything in another dollar bill that doesn't look like the original, we know it's fake. Yes. And so I was raised to study the original, which to me is, is the Bible, is scripture, and then to determine if other things are fake or not. And Michael and I were having this discussion for like the year before he died because he was really, he was interested in, in Buddha and different things. And I would say, you know, I can see some really valid things in these different religions. I get this. This this is good. This actually lines up with creation and scripture. But this part over here, you know, that's gluttony or that's whatever. So that doesn't line up. And so my, I kept asking Michael, just study the truth. And then if something false comes up, because I think... See, the way I see religion, honestly, the religions of the world is like a pie, and we all probably fit in the same pie, and there's some some things we need to put in, and there's some things we need to take out, you know, but there's there's a little bit of truth or good in all of it, or we wouldn't be drawn to it. Absolutely. There's truth and good in all of it, but if it doesn't end with that the only way to spend eternity is through Jesus, then it's not true. It's not proper. It's not truth. The only way that we get to live eternal, 
listen, we're already in eternity. It's not about going somewhere one day. It's a truth. It's a reality, eternal reality, because I understand the only way to live in the kingdom is through Jesus Christ, Absolutely. our Lord and Savior. Yeah. It's not Buddha. It's not Hinduism. It's not these other gods. They, again, have some incredible things to them and principles and uh, things that we can apply to our lives. But if it's not leading us to the one true God, Jesus Christ, then it's cultic. And Jesus spoke out very blatantly against religion and the religious structures and the treatment of women and the treatment of children. Right. He reestablished on the earth. This is actually like, what do you mean? Don't let the children, let the children come on. I value the children. Yes. I'm going to In touch fact, the you, women if you're and not hug like the women them, and educate You can't the enter the kingdom. That's yes. not going to heaven and hell. That's being kingdom on earth. If you're not childlike, you're not bringing Jesus to, to the planet, to everybody you meet. If you're not in honest and wonder and living kind of just like, oh my gosh, fully alive, that's what he said. Be childlike, not childish. So anything that beats the children, abuses the children, <laughs> belittles the children is not the structure that Jesus puts the set children up for to us. the side. Yeah, it, that's called a Pharisee or a Sadducee. Or that's builds called an cult. empire and ignores the widows yes. and the orphans. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were two radically different groups. I know, and I always get them mixed up because oh. all my little Bible felt board, they looked exactly the same. They had the same little <laughs> Well, we were taught in Sunday school. They, they had were exactly their little. They were. All right, keep going. <laughs> okay, so, so Jesus. The true traits of a good leader. Is that what you're, you're yes. going to? Okay. Uh, the dominant leadership model is disqualified. Jesus states, not so with you or among you, it will be different. Any model of so-called leadership that advocates the use of power over, control over, or manipulation of domination exposes itself for what it is. Hmm. Jesus didn't come to dominate. He never comes to dominate. Sorry, we're going to keep doing these word things. A leader looks to to the ultimate leader, God, always. Mm -hmm. as As a leader, I'm always submitting myself to the Father. What did Jesus say? I don't do anything my father's not doing. Right. I'm not going to say anything my father's not saying. Right. And so I, I submit myself to Jesus and the Holy Spirit and to God. And, I, and my life is determined off of what they're saying in my spirit. But if I'm not spending time with them, How would I if know? I'm getting to not yeah. to know them, if I'm not in the word of God every single day, how would I know? Right. And I never tell people, just believe me. I tell people, listen, if this makes your heart come alive, then go study it some more. Yeah. And go study both sides of this issue, right? And let's see what what makes your heart come alive. Guys, you can trust your heart. God always speaks to us through our hearts. Our hearts are cleansed. Go read it in Hebrew, right? He trains our senses and he cleanses our heart. So a new covenant believer has a clean heart. Old covenant, abstinence, your heart was wicked. It was you couldn't trust it. New covenant, you're spending time with the Father. Mm-hmm. Jesus comes and cleanses mm-hmm. your heart. Then he starts to speak to you through your heart. Mm-hmm. That's why children know when a predator walks in the room. They feel uncomfortable. They feel uncomfortable. They, they cross their legs. Wrong. They yep. know something's wrong. That's why he says be like a child, be like these children. Feeling in their belly. Live through your heart. Yeah, listen to it. All right, what's next? I know. And, you know, just to toot the horn of females out there, I was saying that to you about a man that we know that has some really strong opinions about things that I think he's all wrong about. But <laughs> I, in, in compassion, I said, you know, he doesn't have a wife that is bringing anything to him. It's not good for man to be alone. I mean, for men especially, it's your sister, your mother, your your wife, your whatever. Women have an instinct. 
you know, in the beginning of our marriage, if I put my hand on you and said, no, I don't, I don't know, you might have bucked me. But after years of watching me say, I don't think we're supposed to go in this house. You're like, all right, we're not going. And like, you don't even question it because you've seen that I hear the whisper as a woman, my, I'm just I'm just in tuned to the whisper of when things are off. Like I know people are using all kinds of language for it, the energy, the whatever. We have God given instinct, which is Holy Spirit, yes, you do. that whispers to us uh-huh. and says, "Okay, be careful of this." And I and I asked you the other day because my my family got into a huge cult in when I was 13, and my dad and I were onto it from day one. I was 13 years old, and I was like everything's wrong here. Not just something like, this is so wrong. It was isolation that they were trying to take my dad out. They were, so my dad and I would have these conversations about it. And I said to you, why did I have an instinct at 13 that something was wrong there when a person that I really cared about was telling me, no, everything's right. And you're the rebellious one. And you said, because I, at 13, I still had a childlike heart. That's right. Your heart was still childlike. What happens as we grow older, it gets bitter and angry and gets veils over it mm-hmm. and hidden. We hide our hearts because we don't want people to so really know us. Right. And shame comes. And then all of a sudden we're not who we were truly created to be. And then we don't trust our hearts because we don't know even know how to hear from God. People come to us all the time. How do you hear from God? I yeah. can't hear from God. It's because you're trying to listen with your head. Yeah, not God doesn't heart. speak to you in your head. You renew your mind in the word of God so that you can hear your heart speak because God speaks to you through your heart. Very simple. And that's the only kind of leader that you can actually follow. If you're following a leader that has all the knowledge in the world, has uh, the whole Greek memorized, so and God the whole has, Hebrew God memorized. So God only spoken to and, them. Yeah, but yeah. they're the only ones that know. And they're not leading with their heart in humility and in grace. And the Galatians 5.22, the fruits of the Spirit. In love and joy and peace and goodness and kindness and long suffering. I love this. The second point is a leader sets a good example. A leader shows you, doesn't tell you how to live. A leader doesn't give you the answers. A good, humble leader has you ask, go, have to go ask more questions. Yeah. We never give you the full answer. Go study this for yourself. Don't trust what I'm saying to you. I love how Paul said to Mark, like, follow me as I follow Christ, because he finally come to the place like churches, Corinth, Galatians, you guys, you got to follow me. I'm your father. I'll die for you. I'd rather you go to heaven than me. Trust what I'm learning from this. I've got this. Follow me as I follow Christ. A true leader will do that in humility. A cult leader is going to say, oh, no, those guys don't know. Come over here. I'll, Anyone that I'll disagrees is wrong. How this works right? Out. right. Yeah. That's what a cult leader And is. the example Jesus gave is... Um, that he turns he turns the model on its head of upside servant. down kingdom. It's yeah. an upside down kingdom, and a dominating figure will tell you, "You're here to serve me. The money is here to serve me. Your kids are here to serve me." A servant goes out of their way to serve other people, and then is an example of that in their leadership. The best is, story I have of that, I was had a rock the nations in Valpo, Indiana, and we we're at a vineyard church, and I was kind of getting thought I was kind of a big shot and had, you know, a few hundred kids showing up and we thought we were the shit. And so I'm getting all the, the everything ready and the conference is coming and people are starting to come. And I look outside and the lead pastor, when back in those days they called him the head pastor or whatever, of this big vineyard church was out shoveling the snow off of his sidewalks. 
And I said, why? I grabbed the janitor or somebody. Don't, don't you have said, people for that? One of the assistants. <laughs> I'm like, why is he doing that? And he's like, oh, he always does that. He parks the cars. He shovels the snow. I love that. He's always led to, by example that he's a servant first yeah. before he can ever lead anybody. That and poor that guy's back penetrated my heart. Him. I know. But that, those, are, those are the kind of people you want to follow. Those 100%. Are the kind of pe- I, you know, people come to the house and I get really um, intense about the meals that I cook. Like I plan them. I have recipes. I chop. I use fresh herbs. I Because I feel like I'm serving someone by serving them a really good meal. And I feel like I'm loving them that way. And so it's personal to me. Right. Because I actually really care. You know, like if someone comes and stays at our house... I'm going to serve them by making sure I, I'll give them our pillows. Our you gave beds. them our bed. I give them our beds because I just had to give my bed away. People, you're fine. I mean, we can't walk, but I had to we're move fine. the bed and because then sleep on a blown up mattress that kept going. We had fun on the mattress. No you're air. fine. but you should. You know, giving the people the best that you have. Yeah. And, and the cults, the, that kind of is like, I get the best. Yeah, you serve me. And you serve me. Yep. So, I mean, Jesus, I would encourage anyone who's struggling with this to go and read. I, I Last year, I only spent time in the four Gospels. And then this year, I've expanded to anything Jesus was talking about. And then John McAllister suggested that we sleep with the Bible in our ears. Yes. But I woke up at 2.30 in the morning. And the guy was going, you vipers, you <laughs> you religious mama. And I was like, okay, well, now I'm not. Okay, I can't well, do this while I sleep. <laughs> we, sometimes we are vipers. I love this one. Number four, he says, a leader has courage. Courage is another aspect of a great leader. It's important to understand courage does not mean a lack of fear. Rather, it means that someone is willing, in spite of fear, to act and do what is right or what God asks. And again, it's not right and wrong. It's, am I going to stand with what Jesus said anyway and stand up for the gospel of the kingdom and bring heaven to earth anyway, no matter what's being said on the planet, no matter what's happening in the LGBTQ plus communities, no matter what's happening with all the abortion rights. And am I ever going to go march in an abortion clinic? Absolutely not. Jesus said in Isaiah 42, that's not going to affect anything. Are you steadying the flame of the little girl who has to go get an abortion because she has no other option? Are you, are you taking that broken reed of that little boy who'd been abused his whole life and is fatherless and giving him hope and a steady heart to actually find out what courage is really about? Yes, I'm afraid to step into some of those situations, but I do it anyway. Right. We run to the fire, not away from the fire. Right. And we speak the truth in love from our pulpits. And what's happened is that there's such a divide right now. Like I'm, I've been following Mike Driscoll and some of these other guys. And they're getting so harsh. Like, if you're a Democrat and you're on the left, you are going to hell. Well, no, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> if, they really are saying that Oh, yeah. Stuff? I mean, I go watch, follow them on X. Funny, I mean, yeah. it's, there's just this big division. And then other pastors, like the big guy down in Atlanta, who everybody's coming against right now, is saying, look, if you're lesbian, queer, come to my church. Yeah. We want you here. I might not say everything that you like or agree to. Right. And now... Of course, the rest of the evangelical church is going. But where is everyone supposed to go if we can't go to if if the church is the hospital where we go to be healed and we but we won't let the the people in that are injured or hurting? Then what is the point? Yeah, and again, if you're listening and you're lesbian, I'm just saying you're injured. Although I've never dealt with any 
um, queer. I think that's the proper term, I right? I don't know, honey. I'm Lesbian. sure we'll mess it up. I've never dealt with somebody that wasn't abused at some level, right? When they were children or whatever they went through. Every single homosexual that I've ever counseled or coached, and I have some spiritual sons and daughters that are, and I love them dearly, and I will always be in their lives, um, have always been abused at some point or some level, right? And so that demonic door is open, and what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to love them in that and steady their flame and just keep speaking the truth and love to them, right? And keep showing up in their lives. If we just close the door, then we're just like everybody else. We're the elite. You're not. We're getting into it's heaven. You're not. Yeah. And we become cultic again. Whoa, Gary, we're going to get so much mail. Come on, man. <laughs> Old school mail. Okay. A leader admits wrongdoing and repents. <sighs> So as a true leader, if I'm in leadership and uh, things are uh, the fruit of my ministry to that good old white evangelical is there's thousands of people in my empire that I've built, be it a parachurch, be it a church, whatever. If I'm not the first one to forgive and I'm not the first one to humble myself and repent, then I'm in big trouble. And repentance, again, remember what it means is getting back to my original goodness. I was born good. I'm a good, good man because the Father says I am. When I repent because I'm off in something, I instantly remind myself that I was born in goodness. Father, forgive me. I take up my cross, the new covenant. I lay down old covenant thinking, right and wrong thinking, and I, and I confess. I do 1 John 1, 9. I confess my sin to my brother, and it says I'm instantly forgiven. And when I confess my sin to my sister or brother, it says that I'm healed, right? God doesn't even remember that sin. The problem is, like we just saw with IHOP and Mike Bickle and that, is God gave him hundreds of times, maybe thousands of times, to stop and repent and go confess what was happening and go get healed and then restored. But everybody hides. They get a hidden heart. They stay hidden in their hearts, and they have to be exposed other than repent. And I think that's a completely different thing. Why do people think they can get away with it no, when I was listening to a podcast the other day and a police officer was saying, he's like, hey, these these ring cameras have changed everything for us because there's more cameras, you know, in the neighborhoods, in the houses. And if something happened three houses over, sometimes we catch the guy or the woman that did it on someone's ring camera. And I'm thinking there's literally cameras everywhere and everyone has them on their phone. And it's always interesting to me when I'm watching a show that there someone says something and then they get in a group and they're like, I didn't say that. And I'm like, there was a camera crew. <laughs> right. And then, you know, a text message is, is they don't go away. Like I'm one, I'm so curious why people think like maybe we were, you were driving a little fast and you weren't paying attention last time we were in Denver and you thought the light was green and it was red. And we got a picture in the mail of you like this. <laughs> you know, driving, trying to see what the light was because yeah. there was a glare. I'm like, there's literally cameras everywhere. Your sin found you out. You had to pay that bill. But why, what is it that people think that they can get away with things? Is that extreme narcissism and mental illness? Or is it every day you get away with something, every day you think you are invincible? It just yeah. solidifies it at the end and of the And you literally start to think this has to be God's grace over my life. He's going to keep this hidden. Ouch. And your heart becomes hidden in that thinking. 
So you're not living through your heart. You're living back in your head and you're actually getting lost in your narcissism and who you become. That that root that you that came from loving the money and the yeah. attention creates that hiddenness in your head and in your heart. And you somehow convince yourself, I don't think we need all the cameras. You know, every uh, Tesla has a camera now and they're catching all these crimes from Tesla's being parked nearby and, you know, all the ring thing, all the door, right? There's cameras everywhere, but guess what? Holy Spirit's even more. He's <laughs> omnipresent, right? God is well, omnipresent. And, He's and, everywhere. And you have to go to bed with yourself every night and think about And when you don't that. have the fear of the Lord, you're going to end up in sin. And if, if the fear of the Lord, the, Isaiah 33 makes it really click. The fear of the Lord is the treasure. If you'll find the fear of the Lord and cultivate in that, cultivate that in your life every day. Mm. Not afraid of God. Not, oh my God, he's mean and he's an ogre and he's distant somehow. No, I serve a loving, beautiful, incredible God. A good, good, yeah. good father. Whew, I'm going to do what he asked me to do. I'm going to live in the fear, the honest and the beauty of oh, who he is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then I know when, when, when there's an inappropriate relationship happening you know, with a little flirtation, I know instantly in my heart, you got to stop this. Well, and that's it has have to be sh- it has to be cut off at, at the root. instant yeah. right instant and i think that there's a lot of playing and i you know we deal with so many married couples and i just you know tell them all the time like if you wouldn't send that text have that conversation or do that with your spouse standing right there right. that's all you need to if know if you can't go to a massage parlor and be okay don't go yeah if I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put myself in situations that that temptation could be there for me to do something stupid I'm just not going to put myself in that kind of... Are there actual massage places that give massages? Because I could use one. <laughs> I, I don't know anymore. I'm scared to go. <laughs> You're scared? From all the shit I'm hearing from people. All right. Okay. Yeah. Close this up. Well, is that it? That's you got it. it. Just right. the follow one, the one true and I leader. we've talked about this, is number six, a leader strives to have a close relationship with God. And I want to read a scripture to you. Isaiah 41.10 says this. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. Mm. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. A great leader knows they must walk in alignment with the Lord in his ways. To be in alignment, they must know God intimately. Every day. It's a discipline. It's a habit that turns into a discipline. It takes Mm. 66 days to develop a habit. For 66 days, try 10 minutes a day sitting in Scripture, listening to it or read it. If you'll do that four days a week, it changes everything for you. We've talked about the power of four. But make it a consistency to be in intimate relationship with the Father. Not Don't read just to read. But it's the living, breathing Word of God, and it is timeless. It's the Raymond Word, and it's the written Word. I mean, you cannot go to Psalms and Proverbs and not go like, okay, this is wisdom. This is wisdom, and I need to abide by this wisdom because my life will be better because of it, and I will get to skip some of the pain. There's going to be pain no matter what. Things are going to happen. We're human beings living on an earth with, you know, disease and gravity. Pain is and coming. People. Yes. And pain is coming. But it gives us actual tools how to deal with the what pain. What will you do with your pain? What are you going to do with it? And yes. so that's what everyone's looking for. Yeah. But if you're looking for, if you have any leaders that are telling you, come join me, you won't have any pain. <laughs> All right, GaryandLisaBlack.com for the rest of our stuff. All of our videos and um, podcasts are there. Patreon.com slash GaryandLisaBlack if you want exclusive content or jointhejourneyman.com. Um, we're we're going to keep going, babe. Yep. We're going to keep doing this. Yes, Love you guys. Thanks for listening.